Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Tuesday, the 28th of March in London. Coming up today, avoiding that pre-crisis high, Bailey suggests the Bank of England won't lift rates to pre-2008 levels. Torn to shreds, Israel's Netanyahu announces he is delaying a judicial overhaul to avoid a, quote, civil war. And cracks in a crypto empire, the US regulator accuses Binance and its CEO of sham compliance. OneWeb puts the London listing on the launch pad. Commercial property shaky foundations. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, worth a special journey? All eight of the UK's three-star Michelin restaurants retain their top-tier status. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories we're following today. Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey says that interest rates will probably remain below the highs seen before the financial crisis. In a speech at the London School of Economics, Bailey hinted that the bank is now nearing the end to its quickest series of hikes in three decades. Even as we now respond to rising inflation by raising bank rates, interest rates will not necessarily have to return fully to and remain around the higher levels they once had. Bailey spoke as new data showed that shop price inflation in the UK hit a record high this month. The British Retail Consortium says prices rose by 8.9% year-on-year in March. The Trade Association also says inflation in the sector is yet to peak. Meanwhile, on the banking crisis, the Bank of England governor warned that the online era is causing lightning-quick bank runs. Andrew Bailey says there's a clear lesson for regulators from the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. In an age of social media, the speed at which runs can take place, and also, of course, in an age of digital banking, the speed at which the social media can be translated into loss. I mean, it, it is striking, uh, you know, that that happened very quickly. And of course, you know, word gets around. So this is very different from the Northern Rock style queue outside the branch. So striking, says Bailey. Well, SVB's UK unit suffered a rapid withdrawal of deposits earlier this month as concerns grew over the bank's viability. That led to HSBC stepping in to buy the British unit of the American lender for £1. Speaking yesterday, Anthony Shaw, HSBC's Australia CEO, said that the acquisition made great sense and had nothing to do with pressure from regulators.
Over in the US, a top Fed official has described the banking system as sound and resilient. The Fed's vice chair for supervision, Michael Barr, made the comments in prepared remarks for a Senate banking committee hearing later today. Barr is leading a review of what led to Silicon Valley Bank's collapse and says that the lender's failure is a, quote, textbook case of mismanagement. And we'll bring you more on the hearings that begin in the US and the UK today into SVB with our senior finance editor Stefania Bianchi in just a moment. In other news, though, uh, Israel's government has now delayed a plan to weaken the judiciary in the face of unprecedented protests. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced the climb down in a televised address in Hebrew. When there's an opportunity to avoid civil war through dialogue, I, as prime minister, am taking a time out for dialogue. I give a real opportunity for a real dialogue. We insist on the need to bring about the necessary corrections in the legal system and we are given an opportunity to achieve a broad consensus. This is a very worthy goal. Netanyahu had been planning to give politicians power to choose judges, which opponents say would threaten Israel's democracy. The demonstrations have made history both in their scale and diversity, with CEOs, tech entrepreneurs, even members of the military expressing dissent. Binance and its CEO, Changpeng Zhao, are being sued by the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. The US regulator alleges the world's largest crypto exchange routinely broke American derivatives rules. Bloomberg's legal reporter, Ava Benny Morrison, sets out the case. At the heart of this suit are allegations that Binance allowed US customers to trade on the international exchange when it wasn't registered with the CFTC. And in some cases, it even encouraged U.S. trading firms uh, to trade through offshore entities to make it look like uh, they were actually trading from outside of the U.S. Responding to the allegations, Binance called the CFTC's lawsuit unexpected and disappointing. The CFTC are seeking a permanent injunction against Binance and CZ, as he's known, which would stop them from ever doing business in the country. And here in the UK, uh, members of the Scottish Parliament will formally elect Scotland's new First Minister later today. Hamza Youssef beat Kate Forbes and Ash Regan by a slim margin in a ballot of Scottish National Party members. Youssef will become the first Muslim leader of a British nation and says that he will rally everyone around Scottish independence. Over the last five weeks, we may have been competitors or supporters of different candidates. We are no longer Team Hamza or Team Ash or Team Kate. We are one team and we will be the team. We will be the generation that delivers independence for Scotland. Hamza Youssef there. Uh, He succeeds Nicola Sturgeon as First Minister following her shock decision to step down from the job after eight years in power. Okay, those are a few of our top stories then for you this morning. Look, I have to contrast uh, two issues. UK shop prices, the highest on record. Food prices actually uh, rose by 15%, according to the British Retail Consortium, uh, and they still haven't peaked, according to Helen Dickinson. So uh, there's a concern around uh, food prices, but also uh, Michelin-starred restaurants. The UK's managed to retain 
eight of those three-star Michelin Awards. Uh, they were handed out in um, an event that was live at the Silverstone Racetrack, uh, which is unusual, obviously, given pandemic and the Michelin stars have been difficult to hand out uh, in reality. So you've also seen 20 restaurants gain one-star status across the UK and Ireland, 25 now with two stars, but eight that still have three stars. wonder how many of you have actually managed to get to a three-star Michelin restaurant sketch in London. Absolutely amazing decor uh, and food, obviously. Um, but yeah, there's a whole list on the Blue Bag Terminal if you fancy somewhere delightful to go for dinner. Okay, those are a few of, uh, of the things that have caught my eye. But obviously... We also have to think about the hearings that are taking place in the UK and the United States that begin today. Two of the largest US bank failures ever, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Now the investigations into what went wrong begin. The governor of the Bank of England, Andrew Bailey, will testify before the Treasury Committee in the UK on SVB UK. Then we have the US Senate Banking Committee and the House Financial Services Committee holding hearings in the US on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, joining us now to discuss is Bloomberg. Uh, senior finance reporter Stefania Bianchi. Thank you so much for being with me, Stefania. Let's start with Andrew Bailey then and SVB UK. thought it was quite interesting that he released this letter saying that actually SVB UK had been under scrutiny by regulators for 18 to 24 months before the collapse and that those issues were raised with US regulators. It clearly didn't work. That's right. As you say, it's going to be an interesting week. Um, I'm sure to learn a lot more about what went wrong at these two banks. First of all, we have Andrew Bailey um, raising these concerns. Um, he said in a letter last week that uh, really these concerns came about up to two years ago. And these concerns included concentration risk, the overlap of clients on the asset and liability side of the balance sheet. And all of these areas had already been under under supervision before things, as we know now, um, really went wrong um, for, for SVB and for the UK unit of SVB. OK, so that's what's happening with the UK. But obviously, the big focus will be also on the US hearings. So you've got three people, uh, the Federal Reserve Vice Chair, Michael Barr, Vice Chair for Supervision. Uh, you also have got the um, FDIC Chairman, Martin Grimberg, and then the Treasury Undersecretary, Nelly Liang, will be testifying. They're going to get a grilling, aren't they? They are, and we've already got some sense of what might uh, what might be going on in those hearings. So um, we know now that uh, Michael Barr, he's we've seen his re prepared remarks that he's going to give um, in the in the committee hearing on Tuesday, um, and he says that they really need to start monitoring things closely in the banking system. And he said as well that they're prepared to use all of the tools for any size institution just to secure, I guess, the US banking system, but also the banking system at large. So as you say, I'm sure there are going to be some tough, tough questions in, in each of these hearings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, does it hint at new regulation then? Perhaps I mean uh, it could it could it could lead to that. Um, it, it, it seems clearly something needs to be done. Having so much has happened within short a short space of time, so it could be um, as you say, new regulations, new measures for for banks to really shore up um, capital and to make sure that this doesn't happen again and doesn't spread to the wider the wider banking system. Yeah, I I think. Um... 
there are concerns about the spillover effect. They seem to have calmed at least today, but there are, um, you know, other concerns. Charles Schwab, for example, unrealised losses on a balance sheet that, you know, has grown a great deal. I mean, there are there are other concerns around other banking institutions, are there? There is. I mean, as you've seen, we saw in Europe um, towards the end of last week and yesterday, We've, we've, it seems Credit Suisse, things have been calmed there for now with the takeover um, from, from UBS. But then in recent days, we've seen Deutsche Bank. There have been a lot of movement in the bonds and the shares in Deutsche Bank. So really, I don't think we can say that we're out of the woods yet. Mm. And just lastly, Stefania, how closely do you think that the US hearings are going to be heeded in the short term by markets? I think they're going to be very closely watched. Um, it's difficult to say at this point how much um, how much action will be taken, but I think I think people are going to be very interested to to learn what was known about these banks and perhaps what could have been done to really prevent the most recent crisis in in those in those lenders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Stefania, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Indeed, the Fed Vice Chair for Supervision, Michael Barr, in the prepared remarks saying, we plan to propose a long-term debt requirement for large banks uh, that are not uh, systemically important. He also talks about enhancing the stress testing with multiple scenarios, so making the stress test more uh, more tricky, and also exploring changes to liquidity rules. So those were the comments in the prepared remarks from the Fed Vice Chair for Supervision, Michael Bar. Uh, that was Bloomberg Senior Finance Editor Stefania Bianchi. Uh, so yes, hard to understand what's going to flow out of the hearings in the UK and the US, but they surely will be watched very closely in markets. Coming up in the next part of Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, OneWeb puts a London listing on the launch pad, commercial properties shaky foundations and Americans reevaluate their values. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. And joining me this morning is Bloomberg's Leanne Gerens. Uh, the Times has this headline, One Web Utelsat on the launch pad for a secondary London listing. This would be a huge story. London's beaten down IPO market. Is it really going to happen? Well, Caroline, I feel like you have a really good insight into this and we're going to get into that a little bit later on in this story. But Caroline, if it does happen, it will be such good news, wouldn't it? As we know that London is facing the risk of losing its appeal for stock market listings. So according to the Times, a combined company of London's OneWeb and French satellite firm Utelsat is set to list on the London Stock Exchange this year. The newspaper is reporting, of course, the move could help recover Britain's status as a real hotspot for these tech listings. Now, the Indian 
billionaire telecoms tycoon and chief exec and executive chairman apologies on one web mm. has told the newspaper a secondary listing was a commitment negotiated by ministers so caroline that would say it's got some legs in the game or skin in the game i know you like to say but one thing i wanted to talk to you about was early this month remember the uk chip designer arm announced its decision to only list in new york which was really controversial yeah absolutely i mean this and also we should Clarify, this is a secondary listing, right? Because Utilstat is listed in Paris. So this would be an additional listing. And yet it would be very significant um, if that happened. I think you're right to point that out. Um, The other story, though, that's intriguing, it sort of flows from all of the conversations that we've had around weakness in the banking sector. The Guardian's headline, could office blocks be the next big casualty of the banking crisis? Frankly, I think if it's if it's in the Guardian newspaper, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely concerned, aren't we? Well, Caroline, I think concerns are really growing. And a lot of this comes from, of course, hybrid working and the pandemic and a lot of people not having to travel into offices Mm. and really businesses readjusting the way that people work and how often they have to commute. There's been lots of different factors. But The Guardian says investors fear a perfect storm is actually brewing in the property sector. So there's things like higher borrowing costs, weaker levels of economic growth, and actually fewer people working in offices after the pandemic. And according to the article in The Guardian, it says after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and the UBS rescue of Credit Suisse, some city investors are worried the next phase of the crisis could really pile all this pressure on the commercial property market if banks rein in their lending to this part of the industry. So there we are, concerns really swelling. And I don't I don't know if you've heard the phrase hotel hotelfication. No, this is a new one on me, hotelification. But yes. I get it, right? It's, yes. It's where the lobby uh, is immensely fancy and maybe there's a portal or something. And I don't know if you've seen that, but I think, um, and the journalist really points this out so well in The Guardian, this is complete commonplace among executives trying to lure us back into the offices. So now there's fancy sofas, yeah, it's got flowers, commuting coffee and machines. The money, hasn't it? Yeah. Yes, of course. And yeah. also that point. So this is a real concern. But it seems like businesses haven't given up on getting people back into the city. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 11.30. I'm Caroline Hepker. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.